it's all over the United States. This is a plan, and that's how I got into United Nations Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, by looking at this plan and seeing what, where did this come from and what happened. And it calls itself the Action Plan. It's the blueprint to inventory and control all land, all water, all plants, all minerals, all construction, all means of production, all education, all construct, I said all construction, all information, all law enforcement, and all human beings in the world. It's a total plan. It's a completely, totally comprehensive plan. It covers every element of your life, from your birth to your death. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have an episode that I did with Rosa Corey back before she died, and I really want to replay it for you. People don't have access to this interview anymore because it was taken down off of YouTube. I got to tell you, she was such an amazing person. She died way too early. She died last May on 2021, May 30th. And she, people think that she might have been taken out. She had one of those really fast-moving cancers. She died of lung cancer. She was only 50 years old. She died way too young. But she wrote the book, Behind the Green Mask. And I got to tell you, that is the best book for understanding what they're doing to take over everything. And she figured it out, and she was trying to educate people on what was going on. And I had an interview with Paul Preston a while ago. It was right after she died, and we talked about her. And he, and he said, you know, she was a Democrat, and he was a Republican. And he said that after interviewing her, she changed his life. And he that's when he, that afternoon or that morning, he went and got a three-hour show. And they became good friends and talked often. Neither of them claimed to be one or the other. You don't see it as left-right anymore. And especially once you start to understand what their agenda is, we really have to be in this all together fighting this. And she realized that she was a true hero that realized what was really going on and was trying to educate people on how serious this is and what their agenda is. And you gotta, you gotta have patience with me. If I could interview her again, I think of all the questions I'd be asking her now. I'm so much more educated now on really what's going on, and I just wish I had her to pick her brain now, and the questions I'd ask her now are so different than back then. It wasn't a bad interview because I learned a lot from her then, but I just really wish we had her so that we could, I'd have her on again. I really want to talk to her, and it's such a shame that we don't have her anymore, but we still have her book, and Paul. one of the things Paul Preston said is he read her book 10 times, and he learned so much for it, from it. It's almost like a roadmap of what they're doing. The other things she put in that book are things that we can do, practical things that we can do to to fix this, to turn it around and to start reclaiming our freedom. So she has a, a lot of different practical advice. She stayed after with my Patreons, which I don't have anymore. So don't go to Patreon and try to listen to it. It's really a shame. But we talked about what you can do in a meeting to take over a meeting and to uh, not get them to approve an agenda item. 
And that's all the different things that she has in her book. So it, people don't know what to do. They don't know how to solve these issues. Her book will give us some answers on what we can do. And maybe it things have changed a little bit, but we can take her advice and maybe modify it a bit. And some most of her advice we could just use directly. So I really highly recommend you can still get her book, Behind the Green Mask. So if you get a chance... Go there and look. I have the link for it below. And you can always search behind the green mask, Rosa Corey, and you can find it. It's still selling. And I highly recommend that you get it. And the other thing, before I get into it, I have been selling these tablets. I've been selling different things, tablets and then also the snake oil, different ways that people can save money on gas because gas is just going crazy. These tablets, I like the tablets because anybody can use it. My mom can use it. You know, she's 80. She's not going to be messing around with other oils in the car. So she's going to, but she can throw a tablet in the car when she's uh, putting gas into her vehicle. And so anybody, your 16-year-old daughter can put a tablet in their gas tank. But the snake oil is also a really good thing because it's a one-time investment. So it's it's a little more to do with it, but you can save. And each one of these things, they work together. They work differently. Snake oil is on the physical, gets so that it reduces the friction. And the tablet gets your gas to to burn at a higher temperature without putting additives in it. You gotta read about this, join forums, whatever. But I'm asking people if they want to help promote this tablet. You know, the, it's called Govi. And you can help promote. And I'm wanting to get more people to help promote so we can get this information out to people as quickly as possible to help them save money. And uh, so if you want to help promote, you can maybe make a little bit money. I don't want you to think that you're going to get rich and things. I don't really like these pyramid type businesses. However, this is really one of the best ways to get this information out right now. So I have the link below. It's really Govi, G-O-V-V-I slash go slash help me save. And I'll have the link below as well. And then also snake oil, there's forums. If you're afraid to join or afraid to buy it because you don't know what it's about, they have a forum of all these really great people that are there that can, uh, you can ask all these questions on and see if it's something for you. But to, I mean, you can save upwards of 40% on your gas. And, and I really think it's something that people need right now to just, I mean, food is going to skyrocket or it has. Gas is skyrocketing. Anything you can do to help save some money and, you know, be ready as things keep spiraling, <laughs> inflation keeps spiraling out of control. So anyways, please look for those links below and remember to sign up for my newsletter and share my work and uh, let's get into this fabulous conversation and please have patience with me. <laughs> it was from two years ago, but gosh, I wish I had her now to ask questions. She was such a such a giant in this field of, of truth and figuring out what was going on. Anyways, here's uh, the great Rosa Corey. Rosa, thank you so much for yes. joining the program. Thank you for having me. You were great. I was watching you on another video and I just said, I need to talk to her. She's really great. And you... You educate people on what Agenda 2030 is, but what I really liked about you is kind of how you got into this and your expertise in land development and working with the government that really, every, all of us, we kind of 
we kind of fall into this and we're like, oh my God, we see something huge and then we get into it. Can you explain your story of how you started to realize that there's a monster here? Sure. Well, um, I, by, by training and uh, in my profession, I was an expert witness for the Department of Transportation in California. I'm a, um, I was an appraiser, an uh, in, industrial and commercial appraiser, and uh, I did work for uh, road projects. So I appraised airports, large developments, shopping centers, golf courses, things like that. And uh, in around 2000, and I've been doing, was doing that for almost 30 years, testifying in court on, uh, on land value and land use. So in around 2002, I started to realize that there was a planning revolution going on. That uh, when I went into planning departments all over the San Francisco Bay Area where I was working, uh, I wasn't able to tell what people could do with their property by right. And I was very concerned about it because it made it more difficult, of course, for me to do my job and to fairly value property under eminent domain. And um, what do you mean? Could you tell what people could do with their property by right before this period and now you couldn't? I mean, what, what happened? How, why could you tell? Yeah. Okay. Well, when you, you know, most, almost every single city, county and state in the United States has zoning and, uh, you know, you can go get your city or county or state documents and you can look to see what is allowed under that zoning, how many floors you can go, uh, you know, what your floor area ratio is, what you can do with it. Is it commercial? Is it industrial? Is it residential? Is it rural? What, you know, what can you do with it, right? And <clears throat> certain things you can do just because you're in that zone. If you if you fall into that, those requirements or those, you know, whatever those limitations are, you're pretty much free to go. You can do whatever you want within those limits, and, you know, of course, you can, you know, you're, you're going to have your project reviewed, et cetera. But there's allowances for what you could do. So when I was valuing property for, you know, for, for a taking for the government that's going to run a road through it, I want to be able to fairly pay the property owner for what their land is worth. <clears throat> so you need to know what the land can be used for. If you don't know what the land can be used for, you really can't value it. So that was the situation was that I would go in and I would say, okay, this is a commercial, general commercial property. Uh, you know, how many floors can these people put on it? And, you know, what, what are the, what's the square, square footage, the maximum square footage you can put on it? And uh, this, the counties and cities were saying, well, you know, we can't tell you. It depends. It depends on, uh, you know, what we determine uh, the people can do. You know, in, in other words, it was arbitrary. And that that's not the way your government is supposed to work. I mean, it's bad enough already that they're telling you what you can do. But uh, but then to not literally not be able to plan and design something and determine what your property is worth, that's extremely disruptive to an economy. And we need to look at this in the macro sense, because it's not just me as an appraiser working for the Department of Transportation. This is a, uh, I, at first I thought it was just, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Then I found out, no, it's it's in California. And then I went beyond that and I said, hey, that's it's all over the United States. This is a plan. And that's how I got into United Nations Agenda 21, sustainable development, 
by looking at this plan and seeing what, where did this come from and what happened? Because I started doing valuation in the 80s. So here it was, you know, 2002, and suddenly everything was changed. And I wanted to know what happened. So that's how I got involved in this. And that's, that was the beginning of it for me. Well, that's kind of incredible because then what do you do? You make a plan and I mean, people, what about if people who are building and have building plans? I mean, how do they even make building plans? Or is it just the, the when they were doing eminent domain that they wouldn't tell you? No, no, it had nothing to do with eminent domain. In fact, I, I actually was personally thrown out of a planning department in Marin County literally told to get out and not come back. I had to get a county supervisor to get me back in there because um, I was making such a scene in there because, no, it doesn't have it. You know, you would expect government to government that, you know, that uh, it, this was for a freeway project, that they would, of course, you know, talk to me, but they wouldn't talk to me even. They told me it was going to cost me $2,500 just to talk to a planner. Now, this is not just because of who I was representing, which was, the Department of Transportation, this was any property owner, any user would have to pay. And this is the reinventing of government, which happened in the 90s, which is uh, thinking of government as a business where it has to pay for itself, which is totally ridiculous. Government is there to serve the people. But but I can say the taxpayer money is already paying for that. And the uh, when you get your permits, that pays for that. I mean, it does have to pay for itself, but it's coming through taxpayer money and permits. I mean, now they're adding more revenue well, stream on top of more revenue stream. But keep going. Right. And, you know, the fact is it doesn't pay for itself anyway. And it shouldn't pay for itself. I mean, you know, that's not government. It, you know, that is you're not the user. You know, you're you're that's why it is that when you, you know, they're all complaining that there's no affordable housing, right? Well, your fees to build a house are like $150,000 or more in the San Francisco Bay Area. That adds that on to the cost of actual construction, the land cost. You know, so in other words, what they're doing is their fees and their regulations and their fines and their penalties are all... Uh, actually destroying your ability to create housing for people who need it. And this is just by design. This is by design. This is Well, in San Francisco, and correct me if I'm wrong, I did a, a little mini documentary showing that San Francisco now has the worst slums in the world, which you are, try, are now educating everybody on why. But I've also heard that San Francisco is the model for this 2030 or 2021. They want everything to be like San Francisco. And I'm kind of like, that's the model of what we don't want to be when we have the worst slums in the world and it's a nightmare. Is that true that they want San Francisco to be the model? Well, let me just kind of unpack what you just said. First of all, um, and you can remind me to come back to slums because San Francisco is not the worst slums in the world at all. Uh, you know, I mean, you can look at India and all over the place. What, what San Francisco is doing is breaking down their existing system, 
by, uh, you know, they're a sanctuary city. California is a sanctuary state that's in violation of the United States Constitution. They're not regulating. Uh, they're they're not a- allowing for people to, uh, you know, they're not taking care of their population. So, uh, but what I want to talk about, you said a couple of things. First of all, you said um, Agenda 2030, and you said 2021. Okay, so let's just take that, because that's really important. Um, First of all, there is no 2021. That's not anything. So Agenda uh, Agenda 21 is the agenda for the 21st century. Oh, okay. I'm the sorry. 21st I misspoke. Yes. Is, okay. No, no, that's okay. So a lot of people don't get this. Okay. So I just really need to say this. So Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century, a century is 100 years long. This plan is a 100-year plan. Agenda 2030 is a milestone year. It is not eclipsing or erasing Agenda 21. It's a 30-year in, uh, you know, sort of check-in. And it's, uh, you know, that's where they they identify the sustainable development goals, which they already had the Millennium Development Goals in 2015. So it's just a it's just a check in year. And the reason that they're pushing Agenda 2030 and the reason you see it referred to so much is because it's about uh, it's about diverting people from the all of the information that's out there about Agenda 21. Because people think to themselves, oh, well, Agenda 21, that's an old thing. That's an old plan. It's now been replaced by Agenda 2030. No, it hasn't. That is not true. It's designed to make you not look at that huge body of information that's out there for you on Agenda 21. And that's what you want to look at. Okay, well, that's that's a good clarification. So I'm glad you did that. Um, I do want to clarify one thing. Um, Berkeley did a study showing that Sam. I don't trust anything coming from the mainstream media, and I don't trust anything coming from anybody anymore. Honestly, the more I look, but Berkeley did a study showing that San Francisco now has the worst slums because of the health hazards. And um, they don't let people, whereas in India, they let people squat. And so people sort of take care of their stuff. In San Francisco, they don't. And so they make a move. And so people don't care, take care of their own area. And so it's becoming a worse health hazard than in India. And so is this more propaganda, but from another side? Or why would they say that? Being a resident of San, and you an expert. Yeah, I mean, I know the Bay Area very well. <clears throat> um, Berkeley, in fact, is, is uh, if you know, you can look all over the United States. I do travel a huge amount. And uh, but Berkeley, if you're in Berkeley, you see that there are, uh, you know, they used to hose down the sidewalks. They don't do it anymore. So if you go down Telegraph Avenue or you're getting off the freeway at University, uh, University Exit, which goes straight up to uh, to Cal to UC Berkeley, uh, there literally is a tent city there. And uh, there's, you know, there are tents lining the sidewalks. There, you know, there's human excrement all over the place. You see it in San Francisco as well, uh, Third Street area. And, you know, the thing is, this isn't uh, the Manhattanization of the United States and the world is part of the United Nations plan. Um, uh, you know, the Agenda 21 plan is, and, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you the definition, my definition of what Agenda 21 is. It's the, it is in this, and it calls itself the action plan. It's the blueprint to inventory and control 
all land, all water, all plants, all minerals, all construction, all means of production, all education, all construct, I said all construction, all information, all law enforcement, and all human beings in the world. It's a total plan. It's a completely, totally comprehensive plan. It covers every element of your life, from your birth to your death. It's uh, Education is a very big part of this plan. It's a propaganda plan. And the plan is designed to get you into high-density city centers out of the rural and suburban areas where you can be independent, into high-density urban centers where you can be managed, controlled, and surveilled. That is the plan. And who's going to manage and control us? The AI or actual people controlling the software? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, first of all, uh, with with the educational system, you've been uh, trained. You know, if you're if you're over, if you're under the age of forty, and even you know, I mean, you can start there. But everyone has been trained uh, to be a global citizen. That's what the, you know. The whole uh, propaganda of uh, climate change is designed to terrorize you. And plus, you know, terror itself is designed to terrorize you. So 9-11, climate change, these are all uh, designed to frighten you and to paralyze you to make you think that you have to act quickly, that there's nothing that you can do, that you must do whatever, you know, whatever is going to stop this horrible thing. It's going to destroy the planet. So, you know, that's a pretty serious thing, right? So um, who's doing it to you? You're doing it to yourself. First of all, because everyone who's been educated in the educational system from pre-kindergarten to postgraduate school, you're, you are indoctrinated with sustainable development principles. And these say that the individual um, needs to take a back seat to the collective, that the individual, uh, the individual's rights, which, you know, of course, in the United States, we're guaranteed our rights. They don't grant us our rights. We're guaranteed those rights. Um, can't be taken away from us. But what this plan says, it's a communitarian plan. It says that the individual's rights have to be balanced with the rights of the community. And in this case, the global community. So when the individual objects, or when you get, you know, a body of scientists who say, hey, wait a second, I don't agree with this. Well, that's a threat to the community. And the uh, community rights always outweigh the rights of the individual. They're and so, and the problem, and the problem with that, right, is that um, whoever it's usually a small group. It's the community is really a few individuals at the top making all those decisions. So basically, they're saying the community at large. It, what's good for the community at large is what I decide and what I think and what benefits me the most, and not you. And we don't want to question science because. I've decided that this is right. So even though all these great scientists says it's wrong, I say it's right. I'm one of the individuals controlling this mass global society. So you're going to do what I say. And that's the problem. It's not ever community. It's a few individuals on top. Well, what they do is they actually grow community. Uh, this is, you know, this, the plan is, it's a global plan, but it's implemented locally. So when you implement a plan locally, you're look, they are constantly looking for people who will make this plan happen locally. 
Okay, so they're looking for, uh, and I really go into this a lot in my book, and that's one reason why it has been so popular, because you can use that book to find this plan right in your town. I don't care where you live. You're gonna, you know, you could be anywhere in the world and find it in your town because it's there. Because what they're doing is they're farming. They're looking for people who, uh, who support the concept, the the construct of global community, sustainable development, and sustainable development is another term for Agenda 21. So, you know, that's why, uh, you know, for instance, uh, UCLA has 509 courses in sustainable development. Uh, they'll teach you sustainable development no matter what you're studying. You could be studying Spanish, knitting, uh, PE. It doesn't matter. You are going to be learning sustainable development. Now, sustainable development is code. It's jargon. And so they're looking for people who are going to go along to get along with this plan. And not only that, who are going to work uh, collectively on this plan. So you find it in, you know, your and the plan is designed to work with three elements. It's government, uh, corporations and foundations and nonprofits. So they all work together. And so you have government. The reason government works for corp with corporations is because Corporations have the ability to be secret, right? They can get together and meet and no one knows and foundations, right? Well, government wants that but can't have it because the, the law is that you have to be open and transparent. So government partners with corporations. Now, corporations want to partner with government because government has police power and money. Now, they both partner with non-governmental organizations, nonprofits, because, first of all, they're nimble, they're small, they're, they're available locally. They can be directed. They can be funded. They have. They're, they can be. They're a front group. They can be front groups, and um, there's millions of them all over the world. Now these plans, you know, the the uh, Agenda 21 plan. You often find it as a land use plan. And that's why I saw it. It's a land use plan. This is a way to change our governing system from city, county, state, and federal to global regional neighborhood okay now you don't vote for any of those the, the design is to transfer our government our, to a governance system that's regional that's the interim step between uh, what we have now and full globalization regions so that's what these uh, there's regional plans all over the United States and the world they're all the same plan and they're identical they're all the same plan, but your city and your county and your state is paying consultants to make the same plan up over and over and over again. And these plans literally uh, are going to take you out of representative government and into regional governance, which is not elected and is appointed. And that's what all these, you know, everything is working towards this. Everything is working towards this plan. Okay? That's what I'm telling you. We're almost there. Our government doesn't represent the people anyways, because when you the university, Northwestern University and Stanford did a study that showed that no matter what the people wanted, they, no matter what side you're on, Democrat, Republican, Independent, anything, that they do what they want regardless. I, I think it was like 80% of the time. It didn't, it didn't matter. And so we're, we're kind of being prepped for that, and this would just be a full-blown... You know, some of this stuff seems so good, right? It's why would we not care about our community? 
Why would we not care? But you know, I, I get scared when I see the climate change BS, global warming BS, and I see that in the last hundred years, we've been warmer the last 9,900 years than we've been in the last hundred years, right? The, those charts that show you. And so they're looking at a chart that goes straight up in the last hundred years and go, oh my God, it's going, it's getting so hot. Well, but we've been warmer the last 9,900 years before that hundred years. I mean, there's just like so much bad science that they're basing this on that that scares the hell out of me that people who can lie to this degree are the ones behind this. You know, if if I saw really good ethical people, I think maybe I wouldn't be as alerted and maybe I should be, that would be even worse, but to be all this ethical and then suddenly be bad. And that's kind of what you're saying is happening. But I think there's some red flags right now because they're just lying to us. What happens when you have people who are this willing to lie to us in charge? I mean, what are they planning to do? Well, they've been telling us all along what they plan to do. Uh, it's very clear what they're planning to do. Uh, when I was uh, when I was a teenager in 1972, Limits to Growth came out. That was a book that sold uh, between 10 and 30 million copies. Uh, it was put out by Club of Rome. <clears throat> And uh, who, uh, you know, that was actually the first book that used uh, a, a model, a, a computer model, simulation model. And it said that uh, basically there's too many people on the planet. You better quit having kids about right this minute. And, uh, well, that was just great for, you know, my generation because uh, uh, at the same time birth control came out. And uh, we were, you know, wild hippies running around. And I didn't have kids and a lot of people didn't. And uh, the idea then, you know, of course, uh, Club of Rome, um, you know, I mean, all of these groups basically view themselves as, uh, you know, as, as the inheritors of the earth. And you are not worth the money that you spent to get your uh, indoctrination degree, your BA or whatever it was. And that's why you're in debt. Because uh, one of the things that's happening now is, you know, you're talking about AI and Certainly, the, the goal is to not need us. Uh, you know, the pharaohs needed those people to build the pyramids. But, uh, you know, it's, we're getting to the point where people are really superfluous. And uh, as Al Gore said when he took the, um, the uh, 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 what do you call it? He, he went to, he was at, of course, in 1991, he was at the Rio de Janeiro Earth Summit, which is where Agenda 21 was, uh, you know, actually unveiled. And he said it's the beginning of a completely new direction in world history for a global civilization. Well, that kind of stuff, you know, is, is really, it's not just rhetoric. These people truly mean it. So, uh, you know, what's going to happen is that obviously we have a new value system. It's a reward and punishment system. Uh, human transformation, this is about trans transforming human beings, and I'm not talking about AI. I'm talking about literally socially transforming human beings uh, and that requires uh, tracking, assessment, and rating, which is what uh, Agenda 21 is all about. SMART is sustainability, monitoring, assessment, rating, and tracking. So when you see SMART, that's what that is. And that's what this plan is really about. It's about uh, controlling people using uh, social media and schools. And, uh, of course, you're going to get into Internet of Things, uh, social credit scores, biometrics, uh, limiting human action, monitoring us, 
and um, and then using the rewards and punishment system to uh, to actually fully control us. And at a certain point, we'll just be completely superfluous. Well, <laughs> it's so daunting hearing this. I think that's almost a natural march that humans or beings are doing, even if, you know, automating things so it's easier for us, having social media so it's easier for us, doing all these things. There's kind of some natural tendencies for us to just help them implement it. So how do we break out and say, okay, I want this because it's good for us. I want to control our water supply, you know, how many, so that we know how much water we need in our our city's thing to serve everybody in the city. I, there's a certain amount of things you need to track and need to do so that you run better. And then there's other things where we're just allowing them to control everything about us and we're taking away our freedoms. How do you distinguish, how do you help people distinguish that difference so that we can use technology to benefit us versus turn it into a technocracy nightmare? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, okay, so we talked about, you were thinking that uh, San Francisco was the, um, was the model for the world. And, in, uh, you know, many, many areas are, are these, this is a big Petri dish, the planet. Uh, so it's, you know, all kinds of things are, are rolled out in different areas uh, to try them and see how they go, uh, you know, to, uh, to experiment. And uh, so you might see uh, iron rings around cities where, like London, and, uh, you know, where you can't drive your car into the city in, on certain days or uh, value-added taxes that are extreme or uh, vehicle miles traveled taxes or um, uh, limitations on, you know, monitoring your well, making it so that you can't get out to your land in the rural areas, uh, climate action plans that actually dictate um, how much energy, energy and water you're going to be using. And, you know, all of these things, I mean, I could go into any of these things, uh, you know, plus full biometrics, which is actually going to uh, track you by your odor. Um, you know, it's not going to matter. You could be wearing a full burqa and they're still going to know where you are and who you are. So um, the way that, you know, yes, it's daunting. Uh, and one of the things you can do is not be a, an early res uh, uh, adopter of these plans. Uh, virtual reality, um, of course, now virtual reality is uh, right now a headset that you put over your head and you can use it for games. You know, it's uh, it, it, it creates a you know, you're inside of a movie, basically. Um, but augmented reality is, is another piece of that where you're going to actually be able to see what's around you, but then you're going to be able to, um, to literally have a hologram that is created so it looks like something's there that actually isn't there. So you're going to be walking down the street with somebody who's walking a virtual dog who sees the dog. You don't see the dog. They see the dog. You know, so in other words, you're not going to be able to believe what you see. You're not, you're not, uh, and with smart growth, which, you know, I'm kind of all over the place with this, but the goal for uh, limiting your ability to live out in a rural area, live on a piece of land, be independent, this plan is all about uh, making you dependent. So you said, hey, can't we, you know, don't, don't we want to regulate our water use and don't we want to, you know, regulate our towns and... Well, the regulating, the hold on, the regulating the water use is more like using technology to make sure we have enough water supply so that the people who want to use it can use it. It's more of just um, using technology so that we, you well, know, okay, that kind well, then, of stuff. I know, but... That's it, what I mean. I agree, but it isn't really that simple. You have smart growth cities, and smart growth is the uh, it's the hardscape for our future poverty. 
It is the uh, design style for uh, United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. And what it looks like is high-density development, the Manhattanization of a small town, of any town. Where right in the center of your town, you've got uh, the stuff that's going in right now, built right to the edge of the sidewalk, 12 feet high, that's your retail. And above that, you have multiple stories of residential. It's often uh, paid for with your tax dollars. The infrastructure is paid for often with your, uh, your property tax dollars, your sales tax dollars. Your, uh, your government uh, is actually getting grants, has gotten grants from uh, HUD, EPA, and Department of Transportation. These are sustainable development challenge grants. Uh, anyway, there's grants. There was hundreds of millions of dollars put out into the United States for uh, regional plan grants, not to build anything, just to plan. And these smart growth is the design style. So that is dense clustering the center of your town. Then you put your town's roads on a road diet, which means you narrow the town roads so that it used to be four lanes on your main street. Now it's two lanes with a uh, going in either one in either direction, a median, a bike lane on either side, wide sidewalks, and then your, uh, you know, your retail, ground floor retail with your residential above. Well, that you know that kind of looks good. You're asking me what is the what's it going to look like? What do we want to do? How do we want to regulate our towns? Well, if you've got uh, you know a lot of density in a city center like that, you're what you're doing is putting a huge strain on your systems, on your water system, on your energy systems, your gas your electricity. Right now they're outlawing gas use. They're saying, and I'm not talking about in your vehicle, I'm talking about um, uh, Berkeley, uh, Santa Monica. Many cities have made it so that uh, no new development can have gas. You can't have a gas fireplace, you can't have a gas heater, you can't have uh, gas stoves. So what is that going to do? It's going to put a demand on for microgrids and the smart grid. And that is the Internet of Things, 5G, and this is how you control a population, is you make it so that, hey, that makes sense. If you didn't have gas stoves and stuff, I mean, because what do you do then? You just do electric? That's it? Yeah, that's right, 100% electric, and then it's so-called 100% renewables, and then you've got the microgrid, the smart grid, which is, you know, targeting in on specific locations, uh, you know, so that uh, they can be more easily managed, controlled, and surveilled. And remember, Agenda 21 is an inventory and control plan. That is what it is. So don't get, you know, into, I mean, I do get into the weeds, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. Of course we want to. But don't, you know, the thing with, uh, with climate change, it's not whether it's real or not. It could be real, uh, you know, it could be real, but if it wasn't, they would have invented it because it's so perfect for this plan. It's a way to design the whole systems so that they are regulating our lives, limiting us, restricting us, and making us more easily surveilled, managed, and controlled, and that is the plan. Well, the reason I do specific so that people can go, okay, that makes sense to me. You know, you do a you do a specific um, example well, so I that they see. can understand the big. But the, um, the you know, like we have still, even if climate change, uh, like I say, climate change is like, well, you always have climate change, and you ha we do have pollution problems, we do have mass extinctions, you know, of, of big large animals, we have issues, but what not how they say it is. 
but you know, my, you know, we're seeing it with, I do a lot of broad, um, uh, things with, uh, global monetary planning and things as far as what we talk about and the central bankers, which goes right into agenda 30, agenda 21, they are planning on, they want to do a digital worldwide currency. They want to get rid of the governments being able to decide where the budgets go, how you budget out the money, and they want to base everything on carbon, reducing carbon. CO2, the reason why I, 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 it upsets me that they're pushing the CO2 is CO2, we need CO2 to survive as a planet. There was 500 scientists that said, hey, wait a minute, CO2 is plant food, you know? You, you can't, now we have carbon dioxide that pollutes the air, but CO2 is something that if we use more of it, then plants grow more to compensate for that difference. In a city, yeah, you're going to have some CO2 problems because you don't have enough plants. But it's bullshit science is what I'm trying to say. And, and if they force companies to reduce their carbon footprint and, and make it so you can't get capital, unless you have no carbon footprint, people are going to die because we need the carbon. We need the CO2. The plants need it. And we need the plants so that we can breathe and eat and whatever. Well, I don't believe, you know, the entire premise, I think is, but anyway, you know, the thing is, you know, I mean, this is whole FinTech, all of this blockchain, it's all about, you know, full, uh, full tracking uh, so that you can't buy anything without them knowing you can't do any exchange without it being recorded. You can't, you know, I mean, if you go to Coinbase to buy Bitcoin, you're going to have to give your your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, and uh, and scan your driver's license I mean, or your pa- passport. I mean, you're not buying anything. You know, you want to use a dollar bill to buy something. Nobody knows you bought it. FinTech is all about this. It's about management. It's about control. It's about limitation. Now, if you have a carbon-based economy, I mean, you know, um, if you're talking about, um, um, what am I trying to say here? I'm spacing it out. It's, uh, you know, uh, car- carbon credits, obviously, carbon credits. You know, if you're talking about buying and selling carbon credits, well, it's not just carbon credits that you're going to be buying and selling. You're going to be buying energy credits. You're going to be buying water credits, and it's going to be down to the individual. So, uh, of course, carbon trading, you know, all of this is a scam. It's a manipulation, the carbon exchanges. This is, you know, it's it's ridiculous. You know, the, the whole thing is about disrupt, disrupting, destroying, breaking the existing system. That's what Agenda 21 is about. It's about breaking the existing system. That's why gender, all of this, all gender roles, that's why all of that is part of it. Because any, it's first order, second order, and third order change. We're in third order change. It's about destroying, disrupting the existing system. Mao did it. Mao Zedong did it. You go take a look at the Cultural Revolution and the Gang of Four and uh, the Great Leap Forward. You're going to see how it happened there. It happened in Stalin did it. Okay. Just killing millions of your own people. But that's what it takes to destroy an existing system. So that's where we're at. And the people who, one of the things that I have I've observed is the people who are fighting for it the most to help them out because they think it's about equality. They think it's about all these things. I call them useful idiots for the oligarchs. They're the ones that are going to be the most horrified and fighting back once they realize what was ushered in. 
and are going to be the first ones taken out and killed. That's my understanding of what, how Mao and Stalin, all these people did it. They knew that those people are going to be the first ones to fight back once the prop they realized the propaganda was bullshit because they're going to fight back the hardest. Um, I, uh, it scares me because it, it doesn't have to be a just conspiracy wacko things when you can see that this has happened through history multiple times. Now, there are things like the, the Guidestones, Georgia Guidestones, and things about how much they want to depopulate. What do you think about that and what kind of timelines are some of those, you know, the depopulation? That's just scary. It's very scary for me. And how do you see that happening? Well, um, you know, I don't know about the <clears throat> Georgia. I do know about them, but I don't, you know, I don't know who did it and it, whatever. <clears throat> um, That's fair. That's fair. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, where, where I, okay, my entire career is fact-based. I had to testify in court. Everything I talk about is, is true. It's provable. And I'm talking about source documents. I'm not talking about, Perfect. you know, I don't, I don't yeah. mean anyone who's not, you know, uh, on the same page that I am. But what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, everything I'm talking about, you can go to your city planning department and go get that book. Uh, you know, this was actually, it's a plan that was agreed to by the United States and 178 other uh, you know, global leaders, and it was brought back into the United States through the President's Council on Sustainable Development in 1993 by President Clinton, and uh, they they served for six years on that. That was cabinets, uh, cabinet ten cabinet level secretaries, um, corporations, nonprofit uh, environmental groups, and uh, including Sibagaygi. Um, the drug uh, uh, corporation, okay, they decided that they could implement this plan, about 70% of this plan, without the public knowing, administratively. But then they said, you know what? People might get upset when they realize that a dictatorship is being erected all around them. So let's make them part of the plan. Let's bring them into the plan so that they don't make a revolution. Okay, so what they did then was they put out a couple of books. Now, they commissioned a book called uh, Growing Smart, a uh, legislative guidebook for planning and the management of change. That came out in 2002. That's why I suddenly, as a government um, a district branch chief appraiser, went into a planning department and said, whoa, what happened here? It, what happened was that that book came out in the United States and it changed planning all over the United States. The other thing they did was they commissioned a book called Sustainable Development, A New Consensus. And consensus is, you know, the word consensus, it means agreement of all parties. Well, a new consensus, what your government intends is to have a new consensus, which means neutralization of the opposition and conversion of enemies to the plan. I'm talking about a source document paid for by your government, a real book that you can get and read. I am talking about real documents. So, yes, you know, uh, it's clear. Limits to growth, 1972. You've got Habitat 1, 2, and 3 with the United Nations. Now, you can tell me, oh, the United Nations, it's out there. It's not here. It doesn't have any effect on us. I'm telling you right now, 
President's Council on Sustainable Development is no joking around. Ten cabinet-level secretaries in 1993 through 1999 changed your government in the United States and around the world. And if you want to see the documents, go to our website, uh, postsustainabilityinstitute.org, and look at who agreed to Agenda 21. And then we have a link to the United Nations where you can actually see the countries. And then you can actually go to whatever country you're in, check to see. They only, um, they only actually tracked it on the UN site until 1997. But of course, then, you know, that'll give you everything you need to find it right now. And I can help you find it. I'm, that's exactly what we do is we help you find it in your town so you know how to fight it. Because you can't fight, you know, I don't care about the Georgia Guidestones, okay? That stuff is just candy for your head. Who cares? It's, per it's what perfect, you that what you're saying, yeah. It's be, it's, it makes us look foolish and like conspiracy theorists, so I'm glad you're saying that. I don't even care. It's, you know, are you doing this to be, are you watching me to be entertained? Or are you watching me to learn something so that you can go out and fight this plan? That's what you're watching me for. I'm not doing this for my entertainment, and I'm not making any money off of this. What I'm doing this for is so that you will fight this plan and you can do it. We are doing it all over the world. We could not do it without independent media, without alternative media. I say independent. I say independent, no alternative because we're independent journalists. And maybe some of them are alternative journalists, I suppose. But I say I'm a professional and I'm just not controlled, but keep going. Yeah, that's it. And you know, those there are millions of us. You're not gonna see it in the mainstream press. There are literally, this is a worldwide nonpartisan resistance movement. Well, let me ask you, why do, does the United States restrict it so much more than Europe? Because I, I, I've heard you say in the past that in Europe, people are talking about it in newspapers and in the media, but here it's completely blacked out. Why yeah. is it blacked out completely here, but not so in other places in the world? Sure. Well, uh, I'll just talk about that for, you know, let me just say that uh, the Hong Kong movement, the Brexit movement, the Yellow Vest, that's all against Agenda 21. That's what they're fighting is Agenda 21. Um, the reason uh, I've got a, a great flyer um, and a lot of this, you know, I've, we have flyers on our websites. Um, uh, we have, I don't know, about six or eight of them that are two-sided flyers that are real good at giving you the uh, nutshell version of this stuff. And they're great. You can make a hundred, take the, you know, print the flyer out, go take it to your uh, printer, make a hundred copies or thousands of copies as have, as have been done. Get up early in the morning and put them out there on doorsteps. Uh, use your social media. And for, you know, if you've got to be on Facebook, use it for this purpose. Don't look at stupid cat videos. So, um, okay, so the reason you asked me why is it that, you know, that there's so much negative press about it in the United States that we're, you know, that we're called conspiracy theorists. Well, we're, we are so much more. No. Yeah, we're so much more blacked out here than other places in the world, it seems. But you correct me. Tell me what I what's real. Well, okay, so uh, the reason I brought up my site and flyers is because I have a flyer on there. It's called um, it's something like Why the Mainstream Press is Lying to You About Agenda 21. And uh, the United States is, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, this isn't 
goodness sakes, I'm so politically correct. You know, I hate to say the United States is the most powerful nation on the planet, golly. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot. We have a very powerful constitution. It takes a lot to destroy a free people. And, uh, and we, you know, we still have that document. It still guarantees our, our rights, our individual rights. And, uh, and that's what it's for. It's not there to control us. It's there to protect us and to protect our rights. Now, you can say we've got lousy government right now, and I will agree with you. Why? Because we have lost control of it, because we, it's our fault. You know, it's because you'd rather sit on the couch and eat Cheetos than go down to your city council meeting. That's why. It's your fault. Okay? So uh, that's the reason why we don't have good government. And it's because nobody's paying attention, and these people have taken it over. So you have to take it back. And no, it's not going to happen overnight. It's got to be, you know, you got to do it. And it takes a while. Excuse me for being so, you know, I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just want to be real. So, uh, so the reason that mainstream us, okay, so why is this happening in the U.S.? Is that, first of all, we have a lot of money here. We've got a lot of freedom. We have free press. We did have a free press until the press itself uh, was, you know, has, has allowed itself to be bought out by a few major corporations. And um, we still can go up, you can still go down to a street corner and start talking about anything you want and people will cluster around you and listen if they want to. Um, we have uh, the ability, we have a lot of money in, as individuals and we have the ability to, make, to influence a lot of the world. And that is why our press has come down so hard on us for talking about this because we have power. If you use that power, you're dangerous. But don't you want to be dangerous to this plan? That's that's what you're for. That's you know what you already have proven. You, I'm not talking about you, Sarah, but I'm talking about everybody who's listening to me. I'm talking about most everyone who's listening to me. How many of you are in debt? Raise your hand. How many of you are in debt? In school debt? Well, you know what? You're you know I have to say uh, that you paid for your own indoctrination, and uh, the debt plan. This debt thing is is purposeful. It, it's a way to destroy your ability to be free. And, uh, you know, this kind of debt, not only did you pay to get indoctrinated with sustainable development principles, but you're not even worth, you are not worth your debt. Because, look, you can't pay it off. You can't create enough value. In, there's not enough value in you to pay your debt off. Hate to say it. So that's really it. You know, we've got a new value system. You're not worth it. Now you ask me, how do we know if they're going to kill people or whatever? And I just say to you, you are not worth it. And the thing that's going on right now is, uh, you know, they're looking for people who are worth it. So you find globally that there's a search for people of value. And that's why these big universities are out there doing global searches. You know, you're going to have bringing in foreign students from all over the world, Stanford, uh, you know, whatever the universities are. Uh, there's the research universities. They're looking for people who, who add value. You, they could, but of course they can't announce that. So they bring you into and you get yourself all indebted and the jokes on you because you're not worth it. But there are people who are worth it and they don't actually have to pay to go to school. I tell you, their schooling is paid for it. You pay for it. Well, that's really sad. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. Well, how do people, yeah. you already said your website, can you say it again? You also have your book, the Behind the Green Mask. Um, how do people get hold mm -hmm. of you? How do they get their book? 
go ahead. Behind the yeah. Okay, so uh, the, I'll tell you why you want my book. Um, I told you this is a global plan. It's implemented locally. You need to know what it looks like locally. It's there in your town, and it doesn't come called Agenda 21. So you're not going to know what it is. You won't, you know, in fact, you may be working for it actively. You may actually be supporting it yourself right now. So you don't know. So you got to get my book, uh, which is a very short, easy to read book, uh, very quick read. And you can get it uh, from me on uh, our, our website for the book is behindthegreenmask.com. And then you can uh, get it on Amazon and Kindle and Nook and all those places too. And then uh, you want to look at our website, uh, which is um, Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. And it's called that, you know, don't give me a hard time. I don't feel like reading your emails about, don't I know, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I do. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you, you don't believe in the left-right paradigm anymore, I'm assuming. I mean, most of us that are listening to my show have kind of realized that the left-right paradigm is full of crap. And, and you, you're getting, I'm getting people from all sides of the aisle that are coming in and going, wait a minute, I just, things just aren't right. Yeah, there is no aisle anymore. <clears throat> but anyway, you know, yes, uh, the reason is because we created that website back in, uh, I don't know, 2005 or something like that. I've been a Democrat. I was a registered Democrat since I first started to vote when I was 18 years old. And, uh, and one thing was that when this, when the resistance to this started coming out, it was only people who were in the uh, conservative camp who were talking about it. I was the only one on the left. Uh, so that's why I, you know, and I've, and that's been one reason why a lot of people have interviewed me uh, over the years, because I break that, uh, you know, break through that line that says that the only way that you're going to be talking about this is if you're a conservative, uh, which, you know, I don't even know what I am at this point, And it's irrelevant. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump. You do the best you can with what you've got at the moment. Um, so, OK, so you can find me on uh, if you you know can't remember my name, whatever, Rosa. Agenda 21. Just put that in your search browser. You're going to come up with tons of videos, lots of stuff. But remember, it's not about you sitting on your butt watching me talk about this. It's about you getting out there and doing something about it. And a lot of it's not fun, you know, but you can make it fun. We've made a lot of this stuff fun. There's nothing more fun than anti-Delphine, a government meeting. And I teach you how to do that. It's not hard. It's fun. You can destroy their plan. You can destroy their plan. Is there anything more important in your life than committing to doing that? What else are you doing that's more important than that? I don't think anything. So, uh, you know, that's what you're going to do. And you, you start doing it locally. Get yourself elected to whatever. Tell, don't tell me how it doesn't matter while you sit on your ass and watch, watch TV. It does matter. Get elected. Get elected to your uh, your union. Get elected. Get, Say, hey, I don't want my union dues going to pay for that dude to get elected. You know, go and fight him. And uh, you're not fighting him, you know, unless you're fighting him. You got to engage. So it's fun. You can do it. It's very powerful. You're going to feel more invigorated. You won't be as depressed. You're not going to feel like, oh, my God, there's nothing we can do. You'll feel like, hey, I'm doing what I can. Take 15 minutes of your day. Do what you can. Talk to people about it. Since you don't know enough about it, 
get some flyers and pass them out. Don't talk to anybody because they're going to want to argue with you. So you want to pass these flyers out. Don't hand them to people. Don't do that because then you're going to waste your time. Get up early in the morning, stick them on doorsteps, right? Post this stuff on YouTube, post it on whatever you're on if you've got to be on something. And don't be on anything. You know what? If you want to smoke weed, if you want to drink, do it after you do this stuff, okay? That stuff is all about destroying your ability to think clearly and be powerful. And you want to be powerful. It's the only value you have right now. Otherwise, you're a useless eater. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. I love that little uh, rant you went on. I just let you go. But thank you so much. Will you stick around for my Patreons? Oh, yeah, sure. Happy to.